0: Thank you for tuning in to a Centerpoint Church message. Our mission is to help you take the next step in your relationship with God. We hope this message achieves that and inspires you to both grow in your faith and live it out today. Enjoy! Welcome to Centerpoint Church and Happy Easter. My name is Aaron Master. I'm the pastor here. I say this every Sunday you're here. You're in for a one-hour service with a mission to help you take the next step in your relationship with God. We do here what every good Christian church should do, which is help you connect with God in a worshipful way and help you grow in your relationship with Him. Our style just might be a bit different than what you're used to or different than other, other churches in the area, but we want you to know we're still true to the Bible. We take God very seriously here and want to guide and encourage you in your weekly walk with Him. We promise we won't make you say or do anything weird today, so you can just relax. And actually, today I hope to give you and your family the gift of that, a relaxing time to help you continue celebrating Easter and what it's all about, because if you're here and if you're like me, you're tired right now, you're tired, I'm tired, you're probably really tired. Anybody tired today? Tired, right? It's just tiring, you're just tired. Maybe it was with waking up this morning for you, that made you tired. Maybe it was Saturday's festivities got you a little tired today or dragging today, I've been there. Maybe it's just been one of those weeks for you. Maybe it was getting the kids ready today and you needed to pack the snacks, the bag, the juice, the pouch, the activities, the change of clothes. Maybe it was getting your pregnant wife ready today as you need the snacks, the bag, the juice, the pouch, the activities, and change of clothes. I've been there, I'm there right now. Maybe it's just getting the kids in the van today. That can be the worst part. I know it all too well. A little fun background on me. My family of my wife and my daughter, Eliza, we just got off a little spring break getaway in our van. Check it out. We renovated this little traveling camper, and it was awesome. We went to the Smoky Mountains just this last week. Here is the highlight. We saw rocks. We did bubbles. More rocks. Long hikes, waterfalls, more bubbles, more rocks. Apparently my daughter's going to be a geologist based off of her rock love on this trip. It was a vacation. It was awesome. We slept in. We relaxed. We explored all the good things of a vacation, right? It was so fun, but I still came back tired. You know the saying, right? I need a vacation from my vacation. Has anybody caught themselves saying that at times? That's how I'm feeling today. Whether you've been vacationing lately or not, many of us will still say we're tired or life is tiring. Can you relate to that feeling? Can you relate to being tired, tired of work, tired of parenting, tired of trying, tired of barely getting by, tired of maybe even life? I think we've all gone through at least one of these at some point or one of these feelings. On Easter, we celebrate the death and resurrection of Jesus for us But Jesus is this guy who says this. He says in Matthew 11, 28 to 30, Come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Find rest, rest for your soul, is what he says. Whether you're a Christian in the room right now or not, someone offering you rest, it's got to sound good, right? It's got to sound good, but like how? Like when I saw this verse, if you're like me, you maybe were scoffing at it or maybe chuckling at it a little bit, like ah ha ha, what do you mean by you'll give me rest? Like give me rest, like go to church, come to Jesus moment, that's how I get rest? Really? Pray more? Really? That's how I get more rest? I mean, I guess I could see prayer as restful, I get kind of sleepy when I do it. That's kind of how I feel sometimes. So maybe that's how Jesus gives me rest. And speaking of like getting kind of sleepy, church is kind of sleepy sometimes. I get a rest one hour a week at church. Is that how Jesus gives rest? And let's be real for a second. What does that verse really even mean? Because honestly, it just sounds like more work if it's church and praying, right? More on my to-do list. More on my busy schedule. Because God, I don't know if you know, but I'm tired and I'm busy can you relate right I'm just being real with you for a second when I really was thinking about when I find my rest the only real rest I get these days is here like seriously this is silly true but silly right and I think you've been there I think you've been there unrested unsure how Jesus really offers rest maybe you feel connected to Jesus but still tired and not rested Maybe you just feel so busy, so tired and always seeking rest in other areas. I think I've tried it all actually. I've tried the pots and pots of coffee. I've tried the better diet, Ugh, not fun. I've tried the pursuing happiness and happiness to me is chocolate. That's what happiness brings. I've pursued that, working out. I've even done like the relaxation time like rest. One I'll spare you the picture on this one. I even tried to deem with my wife and I days in our house as Massage nights, yes. We got the massage oil and everything. That might be TMI coming from a pastor on stage. But we are trying to get rested. We are trying to get rested as a family. We've done vacation, meditation, sleeping in, even having a drink at night. I've done all these things to find the rest my body is craving. And I think they all help somewhat. But I'm still tired. I'm still tired. And I usually circle back to tiredness from these because... I'm trying to combat a bigger problem. My fixes my fixes tend to band-aid the signs that something isn't right. And I put up this facade that I'm fine. I'm going to be a bit real and a little bit of vulnerable with you for a second here. Um, this is about me. But honestly, I know why I'm tired. I know I'm tired because I'm uptight and a bit anxious about providing for my family. So I work really hard. I'm nervous I'm going to fail in having my daughter like me as her parent. I'm scared my wife and I, we might struggle in our marriage someday. I'm scared our finances will run out. I'm scared people will stop coming to church here and I'm out of a job. I'm scared I'll make the wrong decision and it's going to impact my future as I want it. So I start running. I start running and do and move and plan, and I tell myself, this is just life. Get over it. This is how life is. This is the world we live in. Keep living the dream is what I tell myself. But I don't know about you, but in my mind, the dream seemed way more restful. Can you relate? Life just keeps moving, so we just keep moving in the direction it pushes us. It's kind of of like being on a treadmill is how I like to think of it. You know, you get on the treadmill, and you start going, right? So you get the treadmill going, and it feels like life is just constantly moving. And all of a sudden, if you don't keep moving with it, you're going to fall behind. You're going to fall behind, you're going to miss out. So we combat it by moving at its pace, and the pace is usually go, almost as this race. It's a race against time, towards a destination, towards what we maybe see as the end of life, For some that forward pressure, it starts out of high school, maybe a bit before, maybe a bit after, but eventually we feel this countdown begins, the clock to do, to achieve, to collect, to earn, and hopefully finish in a resting place in life. That resting place maybe is retirement for us, it's the perfect family, maybe it's the right amount of money, the right stuff, the right relationships. We start running to find that success, to find the life, to find happiness. And it's like we're running, but we realize we're just not always moving forward or more. Things start getting strained and things start to slow us and we feel we are running out of time. We continue to move forward, but the strain and the tension, it gets on our marriage, on our success, our finances, our past, on providing, on our decisions, on what to do. And all of a sudden, it gets faster, and we aren't really even speaking or thinking about what we do. We just do. scripture says, come to me all who are weary and carry heavy burdens and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you, let me teach you because I am humble and gentle at heart and you will find rest for your souls. My yoke is easy to bear and the burden I give is light. Jesus, he both offers and gives rest to us and it's so much different than in what we naturally think. It's so different than what traditional religion offers. It's one where instead of trying to keep the pace to do enough or to get enough, it's actually stepping off of the treadmill of life and doing life a whole different way. It's handing off the stress, the nerves, the fears, the mess-ups, and giving them to God. Have you done that before? Well, the Easter story, it offers that to you, and it prompts a radical change To rest and life. How we find rest is through the acceptance of our internal unrest. Acknowledgement of the inability to find real, permanent rest in things besides Jesus. You need to accept you have internal unrest. Inside you have that internal unrest. And an unrest where there's never going to be enough. There's never going to be a point where you're like, oh, I'm good. There's always more, more desires, more mistakes, more guilt, and inside there will always be unrest unless you're able to hand it off. The Easter story is God saying, I'll take the unrest so that you can find rest. How does God do that? It's, it's through sending his son, his son Jesus, to live this perfect life. Jesus lived in our world, which is pretty similar to ours, if we really think of it. It was with people, families, uh, work, communal life, parties, hobbies. But Jesus' life was without mistakes, without the pursuit of fame, without the pursuit of success or money. His life was one that lived this intentional way that makes some of us even cringe when we see it. He hung out with the wrong crowd. He spent days talking and just socializing with people and celebrating and partying with them. He was finding joy in undesirable places. Yet this restful state of living for Jesus, or how Jesus lived, was in alignment with what God wants. It was not the way we, the people, wanted, though. It's not how we thought we would find rest. And it's not what the religious leaders of Jesus' time thought would bring rest either. So we got rid of him. We got rid of him. Jesus is tried for blasphemy. He's beaten. He's bruised. He's spat on. He's mocked for being the king of the Jews or the king God promised. And they place a crown of thorns on his head. He's hung on a cross. And instead of begging for mercy as this is all happening, he actually begs mercy from God for us. In Luke 23, 34, it says, Jesus said, Father, forgive them, for they don't know what they are doing. And he's this perfect person living the way God intended. Killed on a cross, put in a tomb, and then on the third day, the tomb is empty. And a physical body of Jesus is present. And he says this to us so that we know. He says, When I was with you before, I told you everything written about me in the law of Moses and the prophets and in the Psalms must be fulfilled. Then he opened their minds to understand the scriptures, and he said, yes, it was written long ago that the Messiah would suffer and die and rise from the dead on the third day. It was also written that this message will be proclaimed in the authority of his name to all the nations, beginning in Jerusalem. There is forgiveness of sins for all who repent. You are witnesses of all these things. This verse is saying the way of Jesus being sent, dying in our place, it's God's way of forgiveness of all sins, for fixing our unrest. Jesus. Jesus was living the life of rest, the way we're intended to live, yet that Jesus died and took our consequences for our actions in place for us, so that we can experience full rest that starts both today and in eternity with Him. And it says that scripture says it's available for all who repent in sin. Or in other words, for everyone who looks to God for direction on life, instead of doing it your own way, you will then experience the rest God offers. If you've never done that before, repented of things, and you're feeling restless today, I want to give you an opportunity to do that, to go to God, to tell God you want forgiveness. You want to open yourself to the rest He offers. Your way, it hasn't worked. You believe His way could, maybe and you believe his death is for you, and that you want his ways to become your own. If that's you, I want to just take a moment and pray with you right now so that you can say just silently in your head and most importantly your heart that you want that. You trust that Jesus offers that. And if you've prayed that maybe at some point in your life, I still want you to pray with us right now and pray for someone you know who needs that to find rest. Would you pray with me right now? Dear Heavenly Fathers, Some of us right now are saying, we want to embrace the rest you offer. And we've never embraced that before of saying, Jesus, we want to let go of what we've done on our own and trust in following you. God, we want you to lead our lives. We want to follow you. Forgive us of our mess-ups. We know you've taken the consequences of our mess-ups. But now lead us, guide us. And God, some of us are saying, we want that person we've been praying for, to find that rest that you offer. So God, we just pray that you nudge them. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. If you just chose to step off the treadmill of life and start following Jesus, to experience rest his way today and in the future, we're super excited for you as a church. We're super excited for you. We, we have a gift for you. It's a book in the, at the Welcome Center when you first walked in. It's called Following Jesus. Uh, and it's a super helpful book. It's informative. And honestly, it's a pretty easy read to get you started in following Jesus. So grab one. There's no strings attached. Just grab one of those books on your way out if you made that commitment. But lots of us, lots of us have made a commitment like that to Jesus, to accept our internal unrest and realize only Jesus can remedy it. But after you've done that, you then know it's easy to get off track. We still get sucked into looking for rest in other places after we've done that. It's so easy to hop back onto the treadmill of life, pushing our own image of rest. And we experience fails, maybe to the extent of even like this. Check this out. Yikes, right? I was a little nervous. My video might end up on one of those fails. It didn't. Two services for two. <laughs> if you're around my age, you maybe remember this music video that came out by OKGO, okay and you just felt you had to try it, right? You just had to try something like that with your buddy. So I did, actually, and it looked something like this. I actually kind of had that happen to me. And honestly, that's a really good representation of me still today getting sucked into pursuing permanent rest and other things besides Jesus and getting hooked back onto the treadmill of life by pursuing it through other avenues. It's been a tension of mine ever since I became a Christian, and it's been a tension of mine throughout my whole faith journey. Even though I know the rest that I'm looking for comes from Jesus, it's still this inner battle that I continue to fight. To share a little bit with you about my struggles, I seek rest and more money, more money. I get hooked on pursuing more money, making more, more possibilities. Yet it usually turns into more problems. That's usually the case. More stuff. I pursue rest in more stuff. Honestly, I have a lot of great stuff at home. I'm really good at finding the stuff that just magically comes from Amazon and shows up at my house. And I'm like, hey babe, I bought us a smart TV. Or I bought us a new Roomba. Or I got this new toy our kid's going to love. Well, shortly after, I'm either setting it up, fixing it, stepping on some random toy, and injured. Uh, I get hooked in the stuff to find more rest. I also get hooked into more pleasure to find rest or to get more restful, whether it's through trips, through moments, through substances. And when it fades, it's something I crave almost instantly after again. I know Jesus gives real rest, but I get these unrestful stretches because I get back on that treadmill of life, and it always catches up to me. Have you been there? Motivated by money, stuff, Pleasure, maybe even today, bogged down on, by the things that you thought were going to give you rest. Well, there are two things that Jesus teaches and how to combat this. It's in the same chapter we started with, it's Matthew 11. Check out what he says, though, just a few verses earlier from that passage we started with. It says, At that time, Jesus prayed this prayer O oh Father, Lord of heaven and earth, thank you for hiding these things from those who think themselves wise and clever and for revealing them to the childlike. Yes, Father, it pleased you to do it this way. This, at first glance, is kind of an interesting passage. Jesus is thanking God for hiding things from those who are proud, and he's revealing God's ways to the childlike. i got to ask you, are you more childlike or more proud in your pursuit of God? To experience more rest, Jesus reminds us we need to get back to being childlike, to return childlike. This is something I'm honestly pretty bad at. Uh, I was even bad at as a kid. Uh, I mentioned recently going on vacation with my family, which I did it in hopes for my child to smile. Right? Uh, I had my my utmost hope is I just wanted her to have joy in the whole trip we did, and I wanted her to maintain this childlike wonder. She's two. So it was a giant success. It was super easy. How, I mean, you can, you can give a two-year-old joy with anything. Rocks, right? But for me as a kid, I did not maintain that, and I did not show that. I feel so bad for my parents today. We would go to places. Disney, this is for babies. Or we'd go to the Universal Studios. It's fake. Let's find the real thing. This is lame. SeaWorld, there's fish everywhere. Ah, boring. I was always trying to be older, more intellectual, more deep than I actually was, and I missed it. I missed the joy. I missed the wonder of those things. In our verse, Scripture clearly states God reveals himself to the childlike. If you want to be reminded of the rest you can have in God, and even have the provision of God come to you, the gifts, the experiences, the joy, the rest, Return childlike. As we get older, we become crabbier. We do. We become crabbier, more serious, more set in our ways. I'm already getting some of that. You might be thinking, like, you're kind of young-looking. I'm crabby. I'm crabby. Personally, I like routine. I like calculated risks. I'm a meat and potatoes type of dude. I like fun, but safe fun, which is also known as boring fun. (laughs) Sydney, my wife, is my childlike barometer. When we met, I was already kind of this like trying to be serious guy. Coming across. I was a bit older than her. I'm in ministry. I own a house. Yeah, I'm older than you. Well, Sydney made me have fun. She was young. So we did younger things. We stayed up late. We made out for hours. We laughed at poop jokes. We watched funny YouTube clips. We watched Netflix seasons in one night. And those have been the foundation of our relationship. For today, we continue to try and laugh at some of the same dumb stuff we did when we were just kids. And you know what's interesting? When we first met, we were up late every night, eating crap, barely sleeping in, but I am way more tired now, even though I'm sleeping more than I was then. When you are childlike, you can find joy in what you have. You don't take yourself too seriously. You get over things quickly. You love all. You try new things. You have this awe. Where are you doing that in your life right now? How are you doing that in your faith? Maybe you aren't rested because you've grown into a crabby person. I want to even say maybe you've turned into a crabby Christian. You might be thinking, what kind of church is this? Like Calling people crabby Christians. But I want you to see what Jesus says. Check out Luke 18, 16 and 17. It says Then Jesus called for the children and said to the disciples, Let the children come to me. Don't stop them. For the kingdom of God belongs to those who are like these children. I tell you the truth. Anyone who doesn't receive the kingdom of God like a child will never enter it. Yikes. Yikes. Did you embrace the kingdom of God like a child when you weren't a Christian or maybe started to be a Christian? Maybe. But it's saying receive it like a child. Not past tense, but present. And I'm a pastor and I've been to seminary. But if you got like the kingdom of God all figured out today or completely received, we got to talk because you're amazing. You're amazing. Because what this verse is implying is in your pursuit of God and in your attempt to understand God's kingdom and how it works, you need to continue to receive it like a child would. Play. Have fun, lighten up, find joy in the little, love all, don't be too serious. And then not only embrace the kingdom of God, but receive it the way God wants us to receive it, through Jesus. Some of y'all, I can see it from your glances a little bit. You're thinking this is a little out there for you. But you see it being substantial in finding rest. So I want to give you some actionable steps right now. Find wonder in creation. Say wow to something today. Wow! Wow! Express positive emotion openly to someone. You're amazing! Say that sometime today. Don't try to explain away every stinking detail about things so much so that you lose excitement over it. Don't explain all the details. Appreciate the small by saying thank you for something super little. Hey, you moved over for me a little bit. Thank you. Explore the wonders of what this world has to offer. My child, she's obsessed with bubbles, obviously, right? She's two. They're amazing to her. And honestly, when you think of what bubbles are, they're amazing. They're amazing. Check them out. Like, look at this. These are amazing. Wow. Amazing, right? Amazing. Wow. Find childlike wonder. To help remind you of being childlike today, to experience rest, Jesus wants you to, we're sending you home with a bottle of bubbles. I'm expecting some cool videos like this with these bubbles. So take one of those on your way out there on the door or at the door when you leave. But grab one and just have fun. Take God's word seriously but don't take yourself so serious. The last thing I think Jesus says about how we can experience rest in him is this. Again, this is the passage we've been looking at. It says, take my yoke upon you. Let me teach you because I am gentle and humble at heart and you will find rest for your souls for my yoke is easy to bear and the burden I give you is light. Take God's yoke. If you're like me at first glance, when you hear this, you might be thinking, egg? When are talking about eggs, Is actually referring to oxen yoke. Um, these are used to disperse the load amongst oxen. Well, Jesus says, take my yoke upon you, as in attach to me and let me teach you. And the verse says, let me teach you humility and gentleness. Now, I don't love the manliness of those two words, humility and gentleness. I don't love it, but I do love partnering with someone, especially when they've done the work. Right? I love partnering with people that do the work. Jesus' servant-like act makes taking his yoke look like this. Someone that allows me to still be me, to not be a slave, to still contribute. But he's done all the heavy lifting. He's burdening the work. He's taken the consequence of the hard stuff a guy who does that and is still able to achieve all he does, and he says it's through humility and gentleness, I'm not more open to having that be a part of my life. Aren't you? Taking Jesus' yoke means embracing that, but it also means going in the direction he is going for life. It means embracing your need for his steering and then following along as he leads. And that's honestly what running the treadmill of life is fighting up against. We feel we are running sometimes, getting more, getting ahead, having more stuff. But the running at some point, when we stop, we realize we have been going nowhere God intends for our life. Jesus says, take my yoke, take my yoke, attach to me, pursue my ways, go my direction. I'll lead you, he says, and you will find rest in life because we're together. But again, what does that even mean? Like, really, what does that mean? How do I even do that? How do I attach the Jesus' yoke? And this is where some of you might not like what I have to say. When you embrace Jesus' yoke, you're together. There is not separation. There is no, I'll take care of the money, Jesus, Well, you just go ahead. There's no, I'm going to do relationships my way, you just hang out here for a little bit, Jesus. I feel this is the way it is these days, Jesus. So you do you, Jesus, and I'm going to do me with this area. I'm just going to do this one thing, and you look the other way for a while, Jesus. Attaching to Jesus' yoke is following God's ways, which means following Scripture and the actions of Jesus. Actions like serving others, loving all, forgiving, giving others grace even when they don't deserve it. Your load has been lifted. Rest is there. It's just do you want it. And are you willing to put yourself in the yoke with Jesus? Ultimately, that's the Christian decision, right? Of not just believing in the rest that Jesus promises you, but of being a follower of Jesus and experiencing that rest today. As I'm getting close to wrapping up right now, I want to ask you, have you made that decision? Are you attached to his yoke and letting him move you forward? If you aren't doing that, or maybe you're just realizing, man, i got to change i got to change in this area. I've been, I've been leading the yoke in my job pursuit, in my parenting, in my health, in my marriage, in my finances, in my joy, in how I pursue rest. I want you to know I've been there right there with you. But if that's you today, change. Change. Recommit today to be led by Jesus' yoke and not fight it or be on a treadmill going nowhere. One, one way we as a church we're kind of offering that recommitment uh, is through baptism. It's a really great way of of modeling that. Uh, It's a commitment of being attached to Jesus' yoke. It can be beautifully shown through baptism. If you've never made a personal decision to be baptized before, what it is is it's a public moment where you're immersed into water and you declare you're repenting or you're turning from your own ways and you're following Jesus. You're choosing to let go of your guilt your mistakes in life, and committing to live this new life fully for God. It's purely a symbolic action. It's nothing magical, but it's something that Jesus both did, we can read about in scripture, and he tells his followers to do as well. Baptism is a symbolic action of being dunked under the water and then brought back up. It's, let's be real, it's kind of a weird church thing because you don't really see it anywhere else. But it's this moment where you get to reflect on how God will forever see you as this clean, new person forever. And you can be reminded of that through your own baptism. And you're one that's set to live for Jesus. One who will for sure make mistakes after baptism, but you're one that will know that this is how God will forever see you as this clean, new, fresh person We're having a baptism next week after our services. Uh, If you're interested, move forward with it. Move forward with it. Grab one of our applications at the Welcome Center there. Put your name down uh, and commit to taking Jesus' yoke. It could be really powerful for you and it could help you find real rest. As I close, I'm going to pray that we go to Jesus for rest. But then on what we can do on our end, we can embrace being childlike and that we can attach to Jesus' yoke. If you want the rest that comes from one of those things and to ask God to remind you how to do that this week or to do it this week, you can pray with me right now. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you for sending Jesus. Sending Jesus so that we can experience rest. God, thank you for that. God, some of us right now, we, we, we still want to make that commitment. We want to say we want to follow you. We want to turn from our ways. We want to be a follower of you. We know you've forgiven us. So thank you for that. We want to embrace your ways. And then, God, some of us, we want to be reminded to be childlike, to be childlike and to attach ourselves to your yoke. Remind us of how to do that this week. Remind us of how to do that today even. God, we pray that you are consistently in our lives leading us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.